Welcome to another episode of Give, Grow, Repeat, where we explore the concept of collective giving and the impact on underserved communities. And I'm very excited to have with me two women, Susan Leung, Program Manager for New Mexico, Friends of Foster Children, and Sarah Biondi, 100 Women of Albuquerque. Sarah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to start a Grapevine Giving Circle? Yes. Well, during the pandemic at that time, I was working for United Way, and which was wonderful. And I learned so much about many of the nonprofits um, here in our community. And I was being asked by friends at the time, hey, where should I donate? I don't know, you know, where to give money to. What are what are some really great uh, smaller nonprofits? And then at the same time, if they only had 100 or $200, you know, they often felt like that wasn't going to be really a substantial impact. Um, and all of that got me thinking about uh, pooling resources and bringing women together specifically um, for this sort of idea of collective impact. Um, and that's when I really started researching other giving circles um, in, in our community. And when I started researching, I found this model called um, 100 Women who care. There are chapters all over the country. There's over 600 chapters. And um, I decided to follow that model. And we actually have a chapter up in Santa Fe, uh, north of us. They've been doing it for about 10 years and they raise over $25,000. Um, so we launched in um, October of 2021. And uh, I pulled together a group in the community so I could really have some um, kind of collective thoughts and, and feedback and hear voices from the community on what would the what would be the best way to launch this group. So I invited uh, nonprofits to the table to hear from them specifically. And what I heard from them was make it as simple as possible for us. We're so overwhelmed as it is um, that just, you know, don't make us jump through a lot of hoops. Um, that was a really clear message. Um, so, yeah, so it's been wonderful, um, just a really wonderful experience. And, and we have, let's see, so we're about two years in, and we have over 100 members now, and we have a wonderful corporate partner that matches up to $5,000 for um, each quarter. That's fantastic. So, um, so you mentioned you started out with this 100 women uh, who care network and when did you engage with grapevine and what was the um reason why you engaged with grapevine let's see we had been doing it about maybe six months and at the time women were just writing checks basically people had to come so you know they had to show up right they had to come physically and give a check and a lot of people, I knew it just, a lot of people were asking me, um, can I pay online? So I started researching platforms and asking other 100 women chapters. And I kept hearing grapevine, grapevine, grapevine. So I did some research and, um, you know, talked to some folks that were having a really positive experience and signed up for it. And I tell you, it's been such a game changer using grapevine. Uh, we have grown so quickly. Uh, also, I find that once people join the platform, they sign up as a recurring donor, 
which is huge because as a giving circle, you really want to know that you can count on that consistency moving forward. Um, and so they have just made it really super easy for women to join and connect. Um, so yeah, it's been great. Yeah, I've heard that quite a bit that the combination of the automating the payment process, validating the nonprofits, and also the collaboration and social tools that allow people to communicate and connect in unique ways really brings like-minded people together. So that's that's um, consistent with what I've heard from other Grapevine giving circles. Yeah, I've heard the, the uh, founder of Grapevine refer to it now as crowd, um, instead of uh, crowdfunding, it's grant funding, um, which I think is just great. It's just, you know, where it's, where we're going sort of in the future. And, and it's very exciting. Yeah. And what are the goals for your group um, specifically in the Albuquerque area? And how do you choose which nonprofit to support? Yeah, great questions. Um, so our mission statement that we came up with in the beginning was to provide the greatest amount of funding possible to local nonprofits in an equitable, inclusive, and transparent manner. Those are all really important qualities to us. Um, and we really try to focus on some of the smaller nonprofits in the community because those are the ones that usually they, they may not be able to apply for funding to the larger foundations um, in town, and we can really have a strong impact on those nonprofits. Um, so we have, uh, when we got started, we set some basic criteria um, on how we choose the nonprofits. And again, it's sort of how much funding they're receiving. Again, we're trying to focus on smaller nonprofits, um, nonprofits that don't discriminate in the community, that um, do help uh, you know, folks within our county area, uh, geographically, and um, and then we allow uh, or we really encourage our members to suggest nonprofits. So we get most of our suggestions are from members, and we'll vet them, um, do some research online, and then every quarter we email out five nonprofits to our membership. Uh, via SurveyMonkey, and they have about three weeks to kind of review those websites, and then they decide, they vote and um, and and select. So it's a really a great way to to do that. And I'll just you know we will re sort of um, send some of those nonprofits out again and sort of recirculate them. So you know my view is that they're all going to get funding eventually. Well, it's a quarterly grant cycle, correct? Yes. So yeah, once if one grantee happens in January, then the next quarter, the folks that didn't get grants previously could be considered again, which is wonderful. Yes, absolutely. So um, Susan, moving over to you, your nonprofit, the New Mexico Friends of Foster Children, was the recipient of a grant. And um, can you tell me a little bit about the mission of your group and, and who you serve? Yes, I'd love to. Thank you. Yes, we're very appreciative of that support. Um, our mission is to meet needs of children and youth that are in state or tribal custody uh, or foster care across the state of New Mexico. 
in order to strengthen their sense of community and to help them thrive. And community, you know, giving is a fundamental part of community. And so to have, um, you know, the 100 women in Albuquerque join us in our mission uh, to provide essentially childhood experiences for these children and youth whose, um, you know, stability has been disrupted. Um, and, it, you know, it's just been very powerful. And if you think back to your own childhood, the experiences that you might have had, like learning to ride a bike or celebrating your birthday, uh, getting to pick out your own clothes. These are the types of experiences that we provide for the children and youth that are in foster care. And so I think I read you received about a $10,000 grant. Is that correct? We did. We did. It was a little over $10,000. They did an amazing job for us. And then that uh, was matched. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So that really, you got an extra $5,000 then from, the that's wonderful. Wow. That's huge. Yes, <laughs> it was. It was. Yes, there, there are over 2,000 children and youth in the state of New Mexico, and we're working to uh, fill in the gaps uh, of services and support that they receive. So, for example, uh, one of our uh, community members identified banking access as being very challenging for foster youth because they typically don't have adults that can co-sign or be guarantors on accounts for them. And we uh, found some banking partners who are providing financial literacy and then access to these accounts where the youth can be sole owners. And so we are, and then we start um, by providing some additional funding for that account for these youth after they've completed the financial literacy. And uh, so funding from 100 Women Albuquerque has allowed us to uh, do that for our first two participants. This is a new program that we launched. And um, so we were very excited about that. And when we went to present at their organization, there were some financial institutions there. Uh, so we were able to connect with them and share about the program and then network with them. So it built community not only for the children in foster care, but also the larger community. And I think it's powerful for um, the children and youth and the families that are supporting them in the foster care system to see that the community is behind them and supporting them and wanting to help uh, improve outcomes for kids in care. And you're servicing the entire we state are. of New Mexico, correct? So that's that's a, a fairly large... About 40% of the children and youth in New Mexico that are in foster care are located in the Albuquerque metro area. Uh, so there is a larger contingent there um, in our state. And so the support uh, was just powerful for us. And... What other types of services do you provide to the foster children? I think I read in the um, intake document um, that you provide um, things that they normally, you know, maybe not get bicycles or birthday presents and things like that, that make things a little bit more comfortable for them. And, yes. and it's designed to be based on the individual needs and wants of the child. So if they want to uh, learn how to play the guitar, We'll help them with that. Uh, and it, so it's very individual. But essentially, the um, foster families or the uh, foster youth themselves can actually request support through our programs, get to identify and tell us what is the need in this individual situation. And uh, for example, we had a foster youth who wanted to start a lawn service uh, little enterprise 
and he wanted equipment, you know, a lawnmower and an edger and a blower and stuff like that. And so we were able to help him uh, with that uh, so that he wouldn't have to borrow the equipment in order to uh, start his enterprise. And then we invited him to join our banking access program. So there's lots of connection in there and very powerful stories. Uh, we had one foster family where the siblings really enjoyed music and they requested a drum set. And I only buy the drum sets with their permission, <laughs> but the drum set and a ukulele. And then they, they wrote to us to talk about the uh, weekly jam sessions they were having. Um, and so it strengthened not only the music, but also the, that family bond that was being created and, and strengthening the experiences of these young people. That's amazing. Now, um, I presume you have other donors. Where do most of your donations come from? We receive uh, individual donations, and then we also receive some grants and corporate sponsorships. Uh, we have identified that, uh, that the individual donations are an area of growth for our particular organization. So uh, again, that it's another way that this experience was very powerful for us because it helped connect us to a lot of individual people who got to hear about our story. Yeah, it really helps amplify that message into the marketplaces. You've got a collective group of folks that are already uh, interested in donating. So that's that's a, a real plus of having a, access to a giving circle. And what's your hope for the future? I, I guess that's a question for both of you. Maybe we'll start with Susan and then go to Sarah. Well, our hope is to continue to build community. Um, you know, it's in our mission to build community specifically for uh, foster youth and children. Uh, but we see that as one of our big picture strategic goals is building community widely uh, and helping maximize the resources that are available to support uh, not only children in foster care, but the entire Albuquerque and New Mexico communities. Um, and so that, that's our hope, is to continue to build community. And we see this partnership, and we see things like Grapevine as being very powerful tools in that building community. Uh, you know, the needs of foster care are often hidden, uh, and this allows for us to connect the community with those needs. You know, our volunteers come in, and they prepare birthday boxes for the kids. We can keep their individual identities um, private, uh, but we can engage the community in supporting and, and these kids. And really building a foundation for the future. I mean, this is the next generation of citizens, right? So the more stable and well-informed um, and, and solid their foundation is, you know, the more successful, hopefully, their lives will be in the future. That, that is so correct because these children have experienced those adverse childhood experiences in just disproportionate amounts. But studies have shown that if you provide positive childhood experiences, they can counter serve as a counterweight to those adverse experiences. And that's what you know we're trying to do with the help from the community is you know show them that, uh, that and and provide for them these other experiences that do provide that stability and build those connections that can improve their outcomes. I read somewhere that it takes just one person to take an interest in a child to really transform their lives because you don't know as an adult, you know, you may think, oh, what I did was very, you know, little. I didn't, I, you know, did what I always do. But that 
interaction could have a huge and lasting impact on a child as they grow into the future. They remember, oh, that person cared enough to help me get my ukulele or, or open a bank account, you know, whatever seemingly insignificant, you know, the act, it has a profound impact. So that's amazing. Thank you. And Sarah, what's your hope for the future? Yeah. So of course we want to continue to grow the grant making. That is um, just a big goal, but also it, it's also about community building and we do that already in a couple ways. So um, unlike a lot of other giving circles, we don't have any voting that happens at the meeting, right? So we've already invited the nonprofit to come and, and uh, talk to us a little bit about their work. We start off the meeting usually with some networking. But at the end of the meeting, we have um, what we call sort of a sort of a, a donor spotlight or a community kind of sharing uh, time where women can get up and talk about the, their women-owned business or a wonderful art exhibit that, that they're a part of that's opening, or whatever you know is passionate um, to them that they want to share with the community. And that is such a wonderful way to hear what other women are doing in the community. And so I think really that is just um, really everybody's favorite part to just hear from other folks. And, and you get introduced to new women in the community. So that has been... Um, just a wonderful part of all of this and just getting to know women and connecting in that way. The human connection is very powerful, <clears throat> isn't it? Yeah. Right. And it's interesting how the technology, oftentimes people are saying these days, the proliferation of social media, even though we have more ways of communicating, people are communicating less. But in this situation, this is really fostering more meaningful connections, which is really inspiring. Absolutely. And those are where, you know, as Susan um, mentioned, a lot of sort of connections, side connections are made. And so after that, people will get up and say, hey, I heard what you said, and we should connect on this. And I'd love to invite you to my business to make a presentation. So a lot of that is happening behind the scenes, which is really nice. And it's also, it's, you know, a lot of networking um, opportunities for women, oftentimes you have to pay to attend them. So this is sort of a nice organic thing that happens um, alongside philanthropy, which is wonderful. It's a win-win across the board. Yeah. I just want to thank you, ladies, for taking time today to chat and to participate in our podcast. Any parting words before we sign off for the day? I, I would just encourage your listeners to... Um, you know, not be intimidated by going out and getting to know your local nonprofits and and think about giving your time, your talent, um, and or money. Like just reach out and make that first step and, and get to know there's so many wonderful nonprofits doing amazing work. Absolutely. Susan, anything? I would echo what Sarah said and um, talk about um, connection and community um, and just uh, being a part of your community in a way that feels right to you. Um, you know, there are lots of different needs in any community, so find that right connection, but, but be a part of it because um, we need you and we want you <laughs> to do that. So. Yes. Indeed. 
Well, thank you both for your time today. And that'll do it for this episode of Give, Grow, Repeat. If you like what you hear, please share with your friends and subscribe. And until next time, so long.